Well, as you all know, for the last, oh, let's say nine months, we've been walking through our spiritual gift series. And believe it or not, tonight we draw that series to a close. So give yourselves a hand. We made it, guys. And um, one of the things that as I was kind of considering, all right, what does tonight look like? As we wrap this series up, what does tonight look like? And what we're focusing in on tonight is what it looks like when you and I begin fully engaging in our spiritual gifts. So we spent nine months talking about these spiritual gifts kind of one at a time, week after week. And tonight we're going to, and we've talked about this a lot along the way, but we're really going to focus in on what it looks like when we choose to step into the fullness of our spiritual gifts and to really live into that. Um, and it's kind of revolving around this idea that we're about to kind of talk about together. So in just a second, we're going to turn and we're going to talk about this. Tell of one example of the demonstration of a spiritual gift, either through practicing or receiving. So from time to time, instead of just listening to me talk, we share testimony, we pray through things together. And we're going to do that right now. So get in groups of three or four, and some of you share some of the ways that you've seen or experienced spiritual gifts in your life over the last nine months. If you haven't been here for the last nine months, totally fine. Maybe you have a story anyway. If you don't, then sit and listen and be encouraged by somebody else. So just get in groups of three or four and talk about how you've seen the Lord moving in the last nine months. If you have a story about spiritual gifts, tell that one. So get in some groups. Make it happen. So um, for the rest of the night tonight, we're kind of going to, there's kind of three sections of the night. Um, this next section is going to be about, um, probably about a seven minute chunk where we're just going to spend a couple minutes praying together through some things. The second part will be sharing of some testimonies. I'll share some stories from my life. I'll share some stories from some of the lives of the people in our community. Mark's going to come up and share some things. And then lastly, I just have a couple words of encouragement for us as we move on from this series. So those are kind of the three sections that we'll be moving through tonight. So um, this first section as we pray together, I really want us to um, focus in on what we're focusing in on tonight, which is what does it look like when we fully engage in our spiritual gifts? God has gifted us. What does it look like when we, we begin living those things out? So there's, there's two parts to this. We're going to start by just rejoicing. We're going to start by being thankful. We're going to start by acknowledging how God is already at work in our lives. And then I'm going to read through four passages from the book of Acts that just tell stories from the book of Acts of how God moved in and through those people and the kind of world they lived in because they were living into their spiritual gifts. And I want those stories to inspire us. I want God to engage our imagination tonight about what it looks like for us to live in that kind of reality, that kind of reality where the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work in and through us as we live in our spiritual gifts. So I'm just gonna start by asking everybody to just close your eyes and just open your hands right there. Just like put them in your lap and open them up. And that's just like a symbol of openness. It's a symbol of, a willingness to receive, a willingness to let go. 
And we're just going to take a moment for the Lord to remind us of how he's been at work in our lives over the last nine months. Maybe you just shared some of that stuff, and maybe there's a few other things that God's been doing. And as he brings those things to mind, uh, we'll have some music playing in the background, and, uh, and just say a prayer of thankfulness right there where you are. Allow him to bring to mind things that he's been doing in your life, maybe some of the things that he's revealed to you about who you are. Maybe he stirred up something inside of you about something you care about. Maybe there's been some illumination of, um, of some of the gifts that he's placed inside of you, some of the ways that he's knit you together, some of the uniquenesses inside of you. Just thank him for each of those things. Allow him to stir up inside of you a heart of thankfulness. And now in this second part with our eyes closed, I'm going to read these four passages from the book of Acts. And as I read them, just allow the Lord to inspire you about what it looks like to live in a world that is full of the power of God's spirit. First in Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. God, would you just engage our imagination of what it looks like to have your Spirit visit us in a powerful way? Invite him in. Invite him to visit you. This next passage, passage gives us a glimpse of what it looks like to live uh, as part of church family. Allow him to inspire in you what it looks like for us to live in the fullness of our gifts as the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by all the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And God, would you just inspire in us now what it looks like for us to live as a healthy church family.
This next passage I'm going to read talks about Philip living in power. But at the end, there's this one sentence that I really want us to focus in on. So I'll let you know when that's coming. Be listening for it. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And listen to this sentence. So there was great joy in that city. God, would you show us what it looks like for us to live empowered by your spirit and what happens to our city as the result of your activity in and through us? God, re reveal that to us right now. Give us pictures of what it looks like for us to live fully empowered by your spirit and what happens to our city as the result of it. And this last story is a story of Peter and the power that he lived with. And I want this story to serve as a reminder to us of the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. That it would serve as a testimony to embolden us to go for it with God. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to a room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Tabitha had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa. And many people believed in the Lord. What does it look like for us to live a life empowered by the Holy Spirit? God, would you remind us now in this moment of the power that's inside of us? Would you inspire us to see the things and live out the things that you've promised we could do and even more? Remind us of what those things are, God. And God, I pray that our lives would never belittle your power. But instead, we would make ourselves completely open to you. 
focused on you, centering our mind and our heart and our will and our emotions, all of who we are, centering it on the person of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit living in and through us. And that God, tonight, the testimonies that we hear from Scripture, the testimonies we hear from one another, the testimonies that we hear shared from this stage, God, may they be the foundation for us to believe in faith that there is power for us to live into. And God, the, the last nine months of our lives together, as we've invested in understanding and practicing the spiritual gifts, would continue to increase and bear greater and greater fruit as we surrender our lives over to you. God, help us believe that more is possible. Increase in us a deep faith tonight as we draw into intimacy with you. We love you, God. We praise you and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And so as we continue forward tonight, looking at kind of what happens when we live into the fullness of the spiritual gifts, there are three things that I think it looks like when we live into our gifts. And those things are this. We, we begin to discover a deeper sense of individual life purpose. Who am I and what was I created for? As we move into personal intimacy with Jesus, as we have the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives and we tune our ear to the voice of God, we come to a place of deeper understanding of who we are and what it is that we've been gifted with. As a result of that, we also move into a deeper and healthy thriving as a church family. As we live into our gifts, we come to a place of a deeper sense of thriving as a church together. And so that's one of the things that happens as we step into the fullness of our spiritual gifts. gifts. And inevitably, as we step into a deeper place of intimacy with God, and as we step into a deeper place of intimacy with one another, where we're encouraging one another, we're keeping one another ac accountable to the things that God has placed inside of us, we call one another to account to the fullness of what he's given us and who he's made us to be. As we do those things, the inevitable overflow is that we release heaven into the world around us. We talk a lot about this concept of heaven, but as I was going through this question of, Lord, like what is the fruit of the last nine months? And as I looked at these three things, what I began to understand as I was, uh, I was, I was, I was, as I was assembling my message is that these three things are integrally linked together. And what I would normally do in a message is to say, all right, like, like these three things happen when we live into our gifts. And so I'd take this first thing and I'd build some content around that. And I'd take the second thing and I'd build some content around that. I'd take the third thing, do the same thing. But what I learned is as I was starting to put all this content down on the page, I learned that these three things cannot be separated. That every time we share testimony of stepping into the gifts that God has placed inside of us, all three of these things at work because it speaks to the reality that God has gifted us and we're understanding the purpose that God has created us for. And then as a result of that, we operate in our gifts in relationship with one another. They happen in the context of the relationship. And so that church is integrally involved. And there was always fruit as we step into the things that God has called us to. And so all three of these things happen when we step into the fullness of the gifts that God has given us, that he has placed inside of each one of us uniquely. 
I'm just going to give you an example of these three things kind of being woven together through some, own, through some stories of my, from my own life, specifically related to prophecy um, over the last few months. So um, I started a small group with some friends a couple months ago, and it's been really, really wonderful. God's been doing some really cool stuff. And about six weeks ago, we had um, our friend Christian come in. She works at YWAM. And she came in and she taught us about this thing called original designs. And what it is, is kind of a prophetic movement where we um, will sit and we'll listen on behalf of one of the nine members of our small group. And so we'll kind of all close our eyes and we'll seek the Lord and we'll say, Lord, give us a picture of what, of what you want to say to this one person that we're all focusing in on. Um, or maybe give us a word for them or give us a scripture for them. And we'll just sit in silence for a little bit with the Lord. And, um, and then we'll all come back together and we'll deliver whatever it is that, that we felt like the Lord was saying to us about that person. And before Christian left that night, she said, okay, I want to kind of try all, I, I want to I give an example for you all of what this looks like. So she wanted a time, she just listened for a second and she said, all right, for you, Cole, for you, Landon, for you, Allison, for you, Joel. And she kind of gave us these words that, that she was listening for um, on our behalf with the Lord. And so we've been practicing this. And so she gets to me that night and she closes her eyes and she goes, she kind of like chuckles and she opens her eyes and she goes, I don't want you to be offended. And I was like, okay, uh, all right, um, I won't be. Um, and she goes, okay, so the thing that I got for you was mother bear. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird, I guess, um, but I, I'm not offended. And she goes on to explain um, and she's like, you know, it's, it's this idea, this picture of like how passionately a mother bear cares for her cubs. And she will like ferociously defend them and fight for them and care for them. And there's this like ferociousness to a mother bear caring for her cubs. And I sense like that's a picture for you. And so she was kind of like speaking that picture over my life. And as she was saying, I was like, okay, I feel like there are definitely times where I like I advocate for people and I fight for them and, and, I, and I try to protect people. That's really cool. And then over the last several weeks, as I've been keeping that word and kind of moving through my life, there have been these very specific moments where I'll kind of like come into a situation and I'll want to like get really angsty and fighty. And it's like, oh, that word that was spoken over me prophetically of like of mother bear, like right now what I'm trying to do is to be, um, to, to advocate on behalf of a group of people. But one of the things as a result of her willingness to speak that over to me that I've begun to learn is that oftentimes in my desire to protect the cubs, whether that's the church or friends or whatever it might be, oftentimes I like take my claws and just like dig into whoever it is that I think is trying to like attack or disrupt this, this group of people that I care very much for over here kind of behind me or next to me. And so as a result of kind of knowing that and being aware of it, I've moved into a place where I've been able to really process that with the Lord and walk into a situation and say, all right, how can I protect these people and care for them deeply while not just like taking a claw and like disemboweling the, the people that I'm protecting them from, you know? Um, and so that's one example in my life where the prophetic has entered in and it's been really cool to be able to receive that word and listen to that word and it make a pretty significant effect on how I relate to other people. 
And so we've been practicing this together over the last six weeks with our small group, and it's been really, really cool as we've been able to listen for one another and then practice prophesying over one another as we listen on behalf of, um, of one another before the Lord. And when Christian was there, when she was kind of like talking us through how this thing all works, she gave this example of this story where this girl got a picture of a Tootsie Roll for someone. I was like, what, a Tootsie Roll, what's going on? She goes on to tell this story of like, this girl got this picture and she didn't know whether or not she should say it because it sounded kind of silly, but she said it anyway. And the person who was receiving it, her sister's nickname was Tootsie and they had had some issues in the past. And it was kind of like this moment where they got to encourage her because her sister was brought up in this environment. But the whole time that Christian is telling this story, I'm like rolling my eyes internally, like, okay, I'm never going to talk about Tootsie Rolls. Like, I'm going to bring the real prophetic words, like none of these silly Tootsie Roll things. And so we start, we start practicing this as a small group. And no kidding, the very first time, like for the very first person as we're doing this together, I close my eyes and it's for, our, for Landon who runs our, our worship ministry. I close my eyes and I immediately see a donut. And I'm like, what? I'm not going to say a donut. Like take that picture and like throw it away. Now get the real thing, right? Because we're not like Tootsie Roll kind of prophetic people. And donut is definitely in the category of Tootsie Roll. So, but I just can't get this donut picture out of my head. And so the, the time of like listening comes to a close. And I say, all right, guys, like I was going to bring the real prophetic words, but the picture I got was donut. And we, and we, we like start talking about it and we go through this time and we actually talk a lot about like Landon's personality and um, some of the ways that God is using him and like, lifting up his leadership and channeling specific things in his life. It was this really cool moment. A couple weeks later, um, we were doing this. We were listening on, on behalf of our friend Kelsey, and I close my eyes again. I get cotton candy. And I'm like, what? Like, why are all these pictures coming to my head? Cotton candy. And I do the same thing where it's like, okay, let me erase cotton candy and, like, listen for real. And then cotton candy comes back. So I write it down, and I start writing kind of like what I feel like I'm sensing around the picture and it has to do with like, Kelsey's this really sweet woman, but she has this substance to her. So in some ways it was cotton candy, but it was like the feeling I was getting around it was like, but it's like sweetness with like deep substance. And it was really, really wonderful. So I'm writing this stuff down in, in the notebook that I use for our small group. And everybody's going around the circle saying what they, they're getting for Kelsey. And it comes to Allison, who's to my left. And she goes, okay, so the picture I got was cotton candy. And I was like, what? And I hold up my notebook and I'm like, cotton candy. So there's just been these like, like really cool moments of just going and listening and practicing the prophetic together. And it's been cool because we like look at these three things and it's like as God is developing the individual thing, the individual life purpose, like he's, he's doing things in me. He's making me a better listener. He's making me um, somebody who like slows down and is able to listen on behalf of other people. And we're doing it in the context of this small group and it's really relational and it's this beautiful picture. And then there's this really cool thing that's been happening too um, uh, related to that, that just last night I was in Tennessee for this wedding and um and there was this big party. There were probably, I don't know, like 60 or 70 people there. And like those environments I can handle for a little while. But like eventually I'm just like, oh, I just want to like sit and talk to like one person for a little bit. 
Um, and so I go and I sit down in, the, in one of the rooms of this place where this party's at. And um, this girl comes and sits in a chair next to me. And we start talking about her life and some of the things that the Lord is doing in her life. And as she's talking, uh, I just get this picture of a seal with a ball on top of its nose. And I was like, okay, so we've been doing this thing in my small group, in my church, and whatever. And this picture I just got of this seal, this ball. And, and it was actually so, like, so perfect and so poignant of a picture. Um, because she was talking a lot about, like, how she kind of feels like Martha a lot, where she's always working and always, like, really busy. And her mind is always racing and she's always doing stuff. And she feels like she thrives while she's, like, really, really busy. And I got this picture, as she's saying, this, this seal with a ball on its nose. And I was like, we think about balancing things like that um, as being really difficult, but seals are actually really good at balancing stuff on their nose. Um, and then, like, you know, they balance it up, then they start, like, moving around, and they still keep it up on top of their nose. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you've been to the Clyde and Seymour show. Um, and, but the thing, the thing that was, like, coming with this picture was, like, but they're really good at it, but at the same time, every time they do it, they're always performing. And I just like feel like right now, as I'm hearing what the Lord is saying, is you're really good at being busy. You're really good at accomplishing tasks, but you're always performing when you do that. And it's really important for you to get away and just spend rest time with God and, and intimate time with God and refuel. And so it's like, as I was collecting these stories of these testimonies from my own life, what I began to realize is that like as God develops me individually, it's also so integral, integrally related to my relationships inside the church. And as we do those things together and develop one another and challenge one another, inevitably there is fruit that overflows into the world around us. And it's just this beautiful picture. And so we start talking about, okay, what does the world look like when we step into the fullness of the gifts that God has placed inside of us? When we live in that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, what's the world look like around us? Well, the reality is that we step into the fullness of our created identity and we begin finding a deeper sense of purpose as we live into the person that God has created us to be. And it's integrally attached to a healthy, thriving church family. When you're spiritually healthy, we're spiritually healthy. And when we're spiritually healthy, it helps us just accelerate exponentially upward into deeper places and higher places with God. And ultimately, as we do that, the overflow of the fruit of our lives together is heaven in our midst. We're going to talk a lot about that next week at Praxis Sunday. So I'm just going to leave that there. But there's just like story after story of how God is moving in the lives of people in our church. Like when you guys just turn to one another, you got to hear some of those stories. And as I was collecting stories this week of how God is moving in and through people, it was just like this deluge of testimony, which was really, really beautiful. And I want, uh, I want to invite Mark up here. Um, welcome him. Um, you all have... Very dapper of you, the bows. That's very nice. Um, you all have heard from Mark um, in, this, in the context of this series, actually, already. But I just wanted to invite him back to talk a little bit about what God's been doing in him. So how has God been developing your gifts over the last couple months? Well, that was louder than I thought. Um, That's okay. That means they can hear you. Yes. Um, well, okay. So last time I was up here, I talked about the prophetic, which that's still what's going on. It's just increased a lot more and I've come to realize that it's 
it's not just like a thing that it's like I step in at church and mm-hmm. I step out of. It's like a yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. And I realized for me, I don't know how it is for everyone else that may be walking in prophetic, but it's like I just have this prophetic lens now of like mm-hmm. I walk through life and it's just like, oh my gosh, this thing. It's like, oh, that's totally prophetic. Oh, wait, Lord, what's going on here? And just like instantly being drawn into a communion with the Lord, like a conversation with him in like whatever tasks. And I don't know why, but I just wanted to call you mother bear. <laughs> okay, um, never mind. Um, <laughs> you are a good mother bear. Thanks, bud. <laughs> All right, how about this? Um, so do you have any testimony of how, like, as you're walking around with those prophetic lenses, how God has helped you see things differently, a specific story of how you've seen differently? Yeah, so when I shared last service, there I was at the um, Central Care Mission, and I was just talking to a guy there, and he was just sharing this, like, part of his life where he just has been just having a lot of hard time living with him and his wife and his family live at his father-in-law's house. And his father-in-law is just totally like mean and condemning and just like, just really like super mean to this guy. And he's like, doesn't know why it's going on. And I'm just hearing this story and Lord's just like, he's mean because he's bitter because he's not living the life that the son-in-law is living. And it's like, I guess because his wife passed away and just like, he's just probably jealous because of not being able to live that like, Oh, have a, have a, like a wife and kids and stuff like that. Obviously his kids married like anyway. Um, but it's just like, he's just bitter about it. And the Lord is just like, yeah, he's, that's what's going on. And so I just told him and he's just like a light went off in his head and it's like, Oh my gosh, you're so right. And just now he's like empowered to be like, I'm just going to continually love him, even though that that's going on, because it's going to neutralize, like, what's happening, so. Got anything else you want to say? Yeah, I liked how how it happened last service. It was a lot more spontaneous. Um, I asked him that question, he goes, no, and then later you just stood up and talked. <laughs> no, I didn't just stand up. I laughed at something, that some slide, and you were like, do you have something to say? And I was like, actually, yes. Um, <laughs> so... This time it'll be more legit. Um, I was driving through Atlanta when I went to Maryland last week, and the Lord just put City Beautiful on my heart. And I'm just like, why are you putting City Beautiful on my heart? And he's just like, you see how big Atlanta is? I'm like, yeah. That's how big City Beautiful is in the kingdom. Like, City Beautiful's name is the nickname of Orlando. And I'm just like, yeah. He's like, you have a lot of growing to do. Like, City Beautiful is going to be a hub for this city. Like, you don't get, he's like, you don't get it. Like, City Beautiful is going to be this, like, pinnacle in Orlando that's going to just, like, that's going (laughs) to release. It's just, I just get so, like, hyped up. And I'm just like, ugh. I have to, like, release the hyped upness. Um, (laughs) But, no, but for real, like, City Beautiful, we as a community, like we may be in sack right now, we may be at the Alden space, but it, or in a little bit. But it's like we are no, way. We will be. No, yeah, I know, I said that, but in a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, man, it went so much smoother last time. 
when I shared this. Um, I, we're tracking. We got it. Last, man, hold on. <sighs> okay, so City Beautiful, us, our community, we are so much bigger than we think we are because our name fit is like the name of our city. So we, there's so much growth that's going to take place, but we are going to be this hub for Orlando where so much like unity and breakthrough and we're going to be this like this big body in Orlando that people just like come to and it's like, oh, this is like a sweet home. This is like nice to rest and like, it's just, we're just going to be so filled with fruit from the Lord because of being this like who we are because of our name. And then also I was actually at the Alden space last night, just on the roof, just cause I'm able, we're able to do that because it's our space. And I was just praying feel free. No and I was just, I was, well, <laughs> if he says, feel free, go ahead. Um, so Only if you're praying, I was just, so I was just praying on the roof and I'm just like on my no like, dates on the roof. Well, fine. Take a date on the roof to pray. There's just constraints. Put Jesus in your relationship. Jesus has to be in the center of your relationship. Um, no, but I was praying. Yes. Yeah, that yes, that's true. <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking I about. Confused you yet? No, I'm not confused. They might be. <laughs> They're clapping now. I don't even know why. We're just clapping. Woo! So, but for real. I was praying, and the Lord was like, I am priming the churches in, in Orlando for this unification that hasn't happened yet. And it's like everyone's like, we're talking about it. Different groups that I know are just like, oh, unity, unity, let's pray for unity, like fast for unity. And it's like all that stuff, it's building up, and it's going to soon, it's just going to be all these churches, all these different bodies of Christ are going to come together and it's going to be so like this blanket over Florida that's just like so I can't even describe it it's going to be amazing so I just wanted to share like as prophetic like a prophecy that I believe the Lord was like here share this with the community so we're bigger than we actually look bless you Um, so we've we've shared testimony of some of the things that are going on in our church, um, some of the things that God is doing, some of the pictures that we've looked at from the book of Acts of what it means for us to live into the fullness of what God has for us. Um, hey guys, see ya. Bye. I'll see you up here in a second. Um, but I just wanted to end with... Um, some words for us moving into um, God together. And so these are just a few things that as we move on from the spiritual gift series that I think we need to hear, we need to hold on to, and we need to walk forward in. The first is this, we will never arrive. There's always more to be had, but take heart, home is here. We will never arrive. And I think this is one of the things that the Lord has really been teaching me a lot about recently is we talk about this picture of like heaven on earth. We talk about kind of all of these big ideas, but when we serve an infinite God, what we learn is that there's no end to the increase he has for us. And so we serve an intimate God, or we, serve, uh, we will never arrive, but that's not like a declaration of endless turmoil. 
That's not a declaration of wilderness over us. You might remember Janae taught a couple weeks ago on the promised land. And what she said is like, for us, as we live in relationship with the Lord, the promised land is not a point of arrival somewhere in the distant future for us because we are at home because we are at home with the Lord. Our promised land is in deep relationship with him. And so it exists here and now for us. And so as we talk about the spiritual gifts, as we talk about what it looks like for us to live in a world where we fully live into our spiritual gifts, let's remember we will never arrive because there's always more to be had. But that doesn't mean we live at unrest. It means we live in the intimacy of home with God and with one another. And that's really a beautiful reality for us tonight. The second thing that I wanna just encourage us in is this, don't be discouraged by periods of preparation. Instead, rest and seek. You might say to yourself, you know what? I'll be satisfied, I'll be happy, I'll be content when I arrive over there. When God does this or when my circumstances change to that, then I'll be happy. At that moment, I will be satisfied. But what we must learn to take hold of, what we have to value is that where we are today may be a period of preparation so that we can more fully live into the things that God has for us tomorrow. And so we have to be satisfied in the Lord and we can't be discouraged by periods of preparation. Instead, we rest and seek him now. And as we bubble up into the fullness of what he has for us, we seek first his kingdom and everything else comes into alignment because our ways are his ways and our heart is his heart and our mind is his mind and we are in alignment with his purposes and his objectives. And lastly, this, when we know our gifts, it sets us, the church, and the world up for thriving through service. When we know our gifts, when we know how God has gifted us, it sets us up for thriving, it sets the church up for thriving, and it sets the world up for thriving through service. And there are really cool stories that are happening in our church about how we're serving one another. And our church is moving into a deeper place of health because we as individuals have learned how to serve one another well, and our church has learned to serve one another well. I, I, you know, I, I talk about Nathan a lot up here. Nathan runs our engagement ministry, and it's just been really beautiful to see like how the Lord through this series and through this time that we've been spending focusing on spiritual gifts has really been working on his heart to move him from a place where he's just operating a ministry to a place where he recognizes here are the gifts that God has placed inside of me and here's how I can exhibit those gifts as a leader over this ministry. Our greenhouse ministry has reevaluated completely and they've said, all right, we wanna move from making leadership positions based on things that need to get done and make leadership positions instead based on the giftedness of our teams and the people who are part of our ministry. We're completely rethinking what it means for us to have leaders in our community from a place of saying, all right, here are the eight things that need to get done. We need somebody to do them to saying, here's the diversity of the giftedness of our community. How can we platform people in those gifts in order to serve our church well and to become a healthy, thriving body? And ultimately, it leads us into a place of us being able to serve the world around us well. Just a few weeks ago, Ryan talked about 
um, the Syrian refugee, refugee crisis, and he challenged us um, to move into a place of asking, like, Lord, what can I do to help in this situation? And uh, there, have been, there have been lots of people who have said, like, hey, I want to do this thing. I want to help. Valley Singleton, who some of you may know, is part of our community. And she's kind of like, um, she's gathering people. Is she still here? She was here earlier at the first service. I know she stuck around. But she gathered people, she is gathering people in order to say, how can we really specifically, truly help these people? And so if you're interested in, in that, um, she's gathering people. And there's some information about that in the weekly. And I'm going to end with this. And it's a specific way that... Um, that our church has the opportunity to move into serving the world in our giftedness, specifically in that thing that Ryan several weeks ago called us to. Um, and you may have seen it today if you're friends with Shannon Smith on Facebook. Shannon runs our beloved ministry and serves our community so well. And she cares about helping people heal. And um, she was recently in Europe. And as she was in Europe, God began stirring in her a deep passion for Germany for some reason. She became really interested in it. She began researching it. She began finding out more about its history and the history of the church there in that country. And at the same time, God was really stirring in her um, a compassion for the Syrian refugees who are finding themselves in Europe at this point and for the most part are wandering without any anywhere to go. There are several churches. Uh, no. So as God was stirring those things uh, in her, she got a phone call from a guy who used to be part of our church. His name is Dave Green. He lives in Texas now. And he called her and he said, hey, I'm working with some churches in Germany, and I was wondering if you wanted to go out there and help with this Syrian refugee crisis. They're taking in several refugees, and they need some people to help them move through the healing process and discipleship. And so she was like, that's exactly why God was stirring this passion in me for Germany. At the same time, he was really stirring up in me compassion for the Syrian refugee crisis. So um, at the end of this month, on October 21st, she, Mark Jackson, and Kay Green, who is part of our church and is currently living over in Europe, are all going to Frankfurt to work with these three churches and to really start asking how can we as a church as a whole take our gifts and go and serve in that very specific way in this way, uh, in this thing that, that is like a, a pressing issue for lots of people in our world right now. And so um, as we wrap up tonight and we look at this picture of like what it means for us to live in the fullness of our giftedness, what it means for us to come into a, a greater sense of understanding of our identity, for us to be a healthy, thriving church, and ultimately for us to bring heaven to the world. We're sending the three of them to really ask, how can we as a church come around this issue and, um, and, and help bring relief and help bring Jesus in the situation? Um, so as we move into the second worship set, um, there's an opportunity for us to help. It's gonna cost $4,500 for us to send them over there. We already have somebody who independently gave $2,250, so half of it's already taken care of. Um, and then we're just inviting you to participate in helping send them on behalf of us. Um, so you can fill out an envelope over there in the giving box during this second worship set. Just write Germany on it and put it in there. Or you can give online um, if you go to citybeautiful.ch slash give. Um, there's a specific drop-down field where you can give to the, the Germany thing. Um, and then uh, the third component of that is of that is like whatever we don't bring in tonight, our benevolence fund, we're going to take funds from that um, and um, make up for that. So we're going to be able to send them on our behalf to really ask like how can we as a church help bring relief and bring heaven in the situation that is just full of turmoil right now that's happening in Europe and uh, the Syrian refugee crisis.
Um, so let's stand together. Um, I want to challenge you to just really consider how you can be part of that tonight um, by helping send them. So let's just pause here um, and, and ask, like, Lord, can I help send them somehow? Is there a way that I can help in that? And just let him speak to you. And then let's consider the passages we read from the book of Acts tonight. What do those things imply for our lives? What do those things mean for us about the power that we exist in? About, about the reality of the world around us when we're living in the fullness of our spiritual gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about how you've been gifted to uniquely serve um, this body of believers here at City Beautiful Church and what it might look like for us to be a really healthy and thriving church. God, just give us a picture for that. God, I pray that you would continue to stir up in us a picture of what it means for us to love our city and love the world well. That beautiful fruit and Holy Spirit power and reality would flow out from us, would overflow from us into the world around us. God, as we sing, continue to give us pictures, give us visions, give us clarity about our identity and the gifts that you've placed inside of us. So as we sing, just continue to be open to the Lord and what he might have to say to you. And feel free to participate in um, helping send this team to Germany uh, in the giving box over there or online.